Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Contramundum. I am one of your hosts, uh, Pastor Andrew Isker, and with me is the other host, uh, CJ Engel. Hello, CJ. How are you? How is uh, your your giant printer behind you? Uh, printer. Video here. Yeah, the printer's great. I'm even better. Um, I was supposed to spit <laughs> my gum out before, but now it's disgusting to do it live. So I'm going to hold it in the back of my throat for an hour. That's okay. Um, but no I'm, one will care. I'm doing good. I'm working out, getting in shape, getting stronger, and I feel good. And it's fun. Yeah, is it is I'm, I'm is it true that? Uh, oh, me too. Uh, our, well, maybe, maybe probably less than you because we only have it for a few weeks here. But right. uh, uh, is it is it true you can you can now deadlift 800 pounds? Is that is that correct? The rumors need to be confirmed via video. There's a video out there of, of okay. doing that, but you have to. All find right. It. Well, we'll have to we'll have to dig that up and and see uh, see uh, how many plates you have on that that barbell. Uh, well, great. I'm I'm glad that you're doing well. Um, I'm also doing well, and uh, a lot has happened since we last convened. You know, we've had some guests on lately, so we haven't been able to discuss you know current events. Um, and partly because in the summer, nothing really happens. It's summer is mm -hmm. usually kind of boring in terms of news and events and things like that, but now it's fall and things are, uh, heating up. Uh, so a lot has, a lot has occurred lately. We, we didn't get to talk really last week. Briefly, we talked about your spat with, uh, Jenna Ellis, and maybe we'll have time for that this time, maybe, maybe next week. Um, but also there is uh, there's a big conference going on right now as we record this big G3 conference. I'm not you know, I'm not a Baptist, so I'm not familiar with that world so much. And, and neither of you, uh, neither are you. Uh, you you uh, I one one time accidentally accused you of being a Baptist <laughs> and you didn't take that very kindly That's um, background. So, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I we're all we're all kind of come from that world anyway. I, I say I say this kind of stuff tongue in cheek, and I'm sure many of our listeners are Baptist. And so we mean no disrespect to them at all. Um, and, 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 but it, it, it's this big conference of, of kind of like reformed Baptist reformed evangelical type uh, people. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because uh, one of the speakers is a man named Owen Strahan, uh, who is not a huge fan of Stephen Wolf and Christian nationalism and, and many of our friends, many of, many of the people we've had on the show here, uh, he doesn't seem to, to like us. Um, and so he he gave a he gave a talk and in in the middle of his talk he he had an interesting quote and so I I have it right here let's uh, let's play it and I I'm curious what you think about this quote CJ does not love a merely white church in America God loves a global people of all backgrounds and tribes this is under fire today from different corners but we confess it and will stand here come what may. God loves the global body of Christ. Okay. All right. Well, that was very powerful from Owen Strayan. What do you, what do you think, CJ? What do you think about Owen Strayan's uh, comment? Well, yeah, I, I told you, I think that the, the best way to summarize that, for, that little segment there is that it is a here I stand LARP. It's like... Yeah. You know, we, we have this um, like very theatrical instinct where these people want to stand for something and they want to, you know, they want to be made. I, I don't I wouldn't say he wants to be made famous, but he wants to, you know, signify the fact that he's standing this like ground against this tide. And everyone's like, who is he talking about? He's completely making yeah. this thing up, but he needs <laughs> to have he has this he has this instinct to LARP as having a Lutheran here I stand moment and it's ridiculous and it's kind of goofy yeah. and cheesy. And I thought it was sort of like a drawn out, you know, analogy to sort of the 1990s Christian bookstore things. Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know who he's talking about. Well, I do know who he's talking about, but obviously it yeah, has no real applicability um, to the actual, and it's not intended to these things work. It's kind of like the Russell Moore, like this is how these people mm -hmm. operate. You know, they can they can scratch the ears of these, uh, you know, the masses that have no idea of what's going on in the rediscovery of, of like um, magisterial political theology. People are going to great lengths in our circles to really reorient themselves to, you know, the Christendom's view of political topics, you know, and we're reorienting ourselves. We're, we're trying to 
grapple with very serious issues because we're facing very serious circumstances. And the idea that Owen can go up there and historically it's worked, I think, uh, you know, I told you before he does it because it works, but actually, you know, just, just thinking about it over the last couple of minutes, maybe it's not working so well anymore. I mean, Mark Jones, <laughs> Doug Wilson, you know, thousands of other people are like, yeah, it's awkward. And it's, I, I think probably even James White thought it was overblown, you know, yeah. like you can have disagreements. Yeah, from what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want like maybe you disagree with like the priorities that Stephen Wolf places on some of the difficulties of culture and even ethnicity, but to summarize it in the way that he did, I think it's really just really awkward for the G three voices and especially Owen in particular. I think a lot of people are fed up with it because they recognize that it's actually just an echo of dominant social themes. You know, that's all it yeah. is. So that's kind of my take on it. It has no applicability. Yes. It's goofy and awkward, and I don't even know what else to think of it. He's just a goofy and awkward guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it is. I mean, there's so many things you could say about it. I mean, to, to start with, you know, Stephen, um, you know, shared it and said, "If you just showed me this quote, I would assume it's from Russell Moore." Uh, that and that's, yeah, yeah. Like you read it. Who who is arguing that God only loves a white church in America? Like anybody, right? right. Any anyone is anyone saying this? Literally, is there a single person? Can you name one, Owen Strand? Can you name a single person that says this? Of course he can't. Of course yeah. he can't. It's there's there's nobody that thinks that. Um, the people, but what he's doing, like you said, we know who he's talking about. He's talking about Stephen. He's talking about me. He's talking about all of us, mm -hmm. right? That's who he's talking about. And he, he's trying to say that we think that God only loves the white church. And, and, and that's furthest thing from the truth. It's hard no to one, tell. No one said that anywhere. It's hard to tell if he really, because part of me thinks that like, they really have no idea what's going on. They really can't wrap their minds around the, the, um, the, the, the concepts that we're grappling with. So no. maybe he really does think this is what's happening. Like maybe he really is intellectually lacking. It's possible. Um, but I also, I think it's more Maybe. of a, like a posturing thing. Like, you know, he needs to, certainly, you know, he needs to, um, have this here I stand moment. <laughs> it's just, awkward, yeah. you know, no, I, I think, I think so much of it is posturing that they want to, uh, position themselves as the arbiters of, of historic Christian faithfulness. And that here are these other people who are, are challenging them and challenging so many of their assumptions. And, they say, I mean, why are they doing this? It's it's not because, like, for instance, there's not thousands, tens of thousands of people out there of, of Christians in, in churches, you know, like theirs that are saying, yeah, God only loves the white church. Yes, he does. Yep, that's what I believe. And I, I got that idea from Stephen Wolf. Like, th th those people don't exist. Like, they have mm -hmm. to create these straw men, right? But at the same time, the people that do exist are the thousands of people who are reading these ideas and aren't, aren't believing the, the, you know, insane straw man that he's creating. They're believing what you said. They're believing in historic, you know, Protestant political theory. They're re they're rediscovering these things and how they don't, how, how these ideas do not conform with post-war liberal democracy and, and, and secularism and, and, and pluralism. And so they're threatened by that. That's what they're threatened by. So what do they have to do? They have to say, oh, you, you, you're a bunch of racists that only think that God cares about just white people. Like, that's it. All right. That's what you are. We're come what may here we stand. Right. Like, yeah. It's just, it's so absurd. I think these people yeah. are, they're so pathetic. And, and the worst well, the, part about it. The, the funny thing is like, how many times has he very obviously been shown by Stephen and others around him again and again and again that this is not what I believe. You're mischaracterizing me. You're mischaracterizing the position of my book. There's been articles written yeah. on it. He's had ample chances to really understand what this, what's going on, and he refuses to do so. You know, yeah. um, because again, like because in order to grapple with it himself, he loses. You know, his branding opportunities. Yeah, yeah. If if he actually dug in and and like Stephen says, did the reading, uh, he would have to change his positions on many things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and I mean to just even back up a few minutes uh, to what you're saying about like they they don't get the moment that we are in. 
they don't understand the problems that we are facing. That's that's absolutely true. They they look at these things. I mean, just even even the issue of like right now, you know, I, I mentioned stuff is happening now. Um, all of these videos are coming out of the border. And there are tens of thousands of foreign people, people from, from third world countries, not even, not even people from, from, you know, Spanish speaking, they're they're Chinese, they're Africans, they're people from all over the world invading Mm -hmm. the Southern border of the United States. It's going to be in the millions in the calendar year. Mm -hmm. And, and like, what's the purpose behind that? And and, and you see, like, it, it looks like a, a, a bizarro world January 6th video where you have border patrol agents opening up the gates and waving them on in. And it's mm-hmm. like the United States federal government is facilitating the invasion. And right. to what end? Why do they do this? Right. Why? Well, every, everyone knows why. Everyone knows why, because they know that these people, when they come in, they're going to have kids and those kids are going to vote. And who are they going to vote for? They're going to vote for the regime. That's who they're going to vote for. It's, it's, it's the regime reasserting its own political force, its own political authority uh, through this you know, literal back door. And, and the point is like, you see this and I, a bunch of people have been posting these maps lately of, of like voting breakdowns and things like that. Right. Why did they, why did they do this? It's because the, you know, native white evangelicals are the lone bulwark. That's why. Yeah. The native born, you look at the electoral map or the congressional map from 2022. And it's like, okay, if only, if only white people voted, you would have like 300 Republicans in the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. If it was only white men, it'd be like, like 350, you know? And mm-hmm. so you, you, you know, the reason why everyone knows the reason why you're just not allowed to say it. Right. They, they, mm-hmm. that, why did they cheer the demographic replacement of, of white people? It's to assert their own political control and uh, political power. Right. That's why that that's why, because the population of the United States is their enemy. That's why, right. Everyone, everyone, with half a brain knows this stuff, but these guys are terrified of saying that because like you have to deal with the issue of race, right? You have to like look at it and say, Oh, I, I think they might not like white people in, in our, in our country. Um, but I'm not allowed to say that. What do I do? You know, like that's, that's the conundrum that, that people are in and they're, they're too cowardly to admit reality. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the big things is, I mean, imagine if, imagine if you had someone up there who said this, I mean, apparently, you know, James White, who I, I think, you know, I'll disagree with him on things here and there, of course, but um, I think he's an honest guy. He's not a, he, he's not like one of these guys who are just malicious and, and intentionally stupid. In, in I have, I have, must, I have serious disagreements with this too, but he comes across as intelligent and well-meaning for sure. He, he's intelligent, well-meaning, he's not malicious. Right. Wherever I disagree with him, I don't think he's doing it out, out, out of spite or, 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 or things like, like these guys. And he's also and he's also definitely not committed to liberal democracy. No, no, exactly. And so when he's up there on this stage, like it, he's, he disputed the things that this guy was saying. So, you know, great. I'm glad that he did. Uh, but if you had a guy like if you had him like and he's he's brought up points like this before. Right. If he goes up on there and says, right, like, hey, um. Like demographic replacement's real. That's a real thing that's happening in our country. And, and how how should Christians approach this? Right? What should, how should Christians think about the demographic replacement in their own country? Right? How should you approach this idea? Right? These people, their heads would explode if someone said that or did that. I don't. Like they, I don't they, think he would go there. Go nuts. He would, he, I don't think he, he would. would. Go there. I, no. No, I don't think he would. But say I, somebody he will, did. He will. He will in three or four years, though. Because yeah, I, think it, so. I think things are going to become so obvious and in your face actually he's not gonna be able i to think the it. among the speakers there probably the first one to bring it up would be Vody bacham actually yeah, yeah, <laughs> the agree. first one. i think he would i really do think you would I agree uh yeah and so anyway um I, I i think like so much of it is these guys they're they're living in they're living in neutral world and mm-hmm. so they 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 approach these problems from that standpoint and they they believe that you know, if we're just good, nice little boys in this secular pluralistic system and we mind our P's and Q's, everything will work out okay, right? They'll leave us alone. They'll leave our churches alone. They'll leave our families alone. And that just simply isn't reality. And they're not willing or ready to fight. And so they fight the people that are willing and ready to fight on these issues. And mm-hmm. and and so I think like down the road, 
as things continue to develop um, and whatever happens in the next calendar year, which in 2024, um, I, I think there could possibly be a sea change in, in terms of, and I think that's what they fear is that someone like Steven, who is extremely intelligent, extremely well thought out, everything that he says yeah. is it's crazy. He, he's like, thought through the implications of, and people are going to be drawn to him. I'm impressed with him because, like, I mean, and you too. I mean, you have your own, but you guys are literally changing the conversation. Like, that's, I never thought, you know, I'd, I'd see it, but like, the conversation is literally being redirected right now. Uh, and it has yep. over the last five years. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a very good, um, you know, propagandist uh, strategist, you know, so I didn't like the <laughs> phrase for like technical reasons, but things wouldn't have gone the way they've gone if it wasn't for the phrase. The phrase needed to be provocative. It needed to get people talking about things and it has, and it's, it's really um, fascinating to, to see these massive sea changes. Well, yeah. And the, and the thing it too is like, if, if we weren't using this phrase and running with it, you would have, you know, your Andrew Whiteheads and your Samuel Perry's and, and all these other dorks that, you know, go talk to the Washington Post and New York Times about all the dangerous Christians who are into politics, right? If you if we if you if we didn't run with it in a positive way, mm -hmm. um, Christians would still be being attacked for sure all, all day long on on the page. Like, so it's it's not like the damage is already done from the phrase. Like the 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 left is already using it to attack anyway. So why why not? It makes yeah. it makes absolutely no. So maybe I am the you know, the, the rhetorical strategist, uh, we'll let you do the thinking and I'll, <laughs> I'll do the, I'll do the no, that's, that, that's uh, why I said on Twitter yesterday, like just embrace the, the phrase and define it in, in accordance with your, you know, your desires, just embrace everything. Yeah. Assume you know? the center. I mean, this is, this you know, is something you know, that, uh, I, I said yesterday, white supremacy just means you love your people. That's all it means. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That was a, that was a pretty edgy, uh, <laughs> that was a pretty edgy people are going to go nuts with that. Uh, surprised they haven't yet. Yeah. That hasn't been one of your spicier, uh, things yet, uh, as far as reaction, but I, I think, no, but every time, you know, every time we say, I appreciate my heritage, I want to maintain my customs, my norms, my way of life. It's you're a white supremacist. Okay. That's what it means. Like, what, like yeah, you know, that's no, like, you see this with, uh, what am I going to sit there Ayana, and hate someone? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like Ayanna Presley, uh, this congresswoman in whatever state, doesn't matter, uh, who says that abortion bans are white supremacy, right? They want to yeah, control every, black bodies. White supremacy. Like yeah. everything that, yeah, every everything that the left thinks is good or like th that hates that is good, they'll just call white supremacy. It's crazy, you know, and because it, and why do they do that? Because they know the rhetorical power of that phrase. That's why they say it. Because that's the that's the boogeyman phrase, and like because racist doesn't doesn't have as much cachet as it did five years ago, and so they've moved on to this phrase, mm -hmm. and they'll move on. They'll just call every you know when this dies out, they'll call everybody Nazis. So they'll, they'll, they'll find something new to manipulate people with. But that's yeah, that's what they do. And so no, I get it, but it's like yeah. don't know if I'm going to apply that label to myself uh, just yet, uh, CJ. Thank, thanks for. I, I but if I thanks I for brainstorming that one, I categorically say that I embrace everything. <laughs> and all, it means, yeah. all it means is that I'm nice and I love my family. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, exactly. every time so, I say, every time I say my, on my priority list, it starts with my family, my nuclear family, my extended family, my community. Every time I talk in terms like that and I deny the fact that, you know, that I deny the idea that I have these universal preferences or these universal abstractions mm -hmm. on the high of my priority list, I'm smeared with this label. So that's what it means. You know, it yeah, just, but CJ, why, why don't you love, you know, your, you know, why do you love your neighbor across the street? Who's not a Christian more than you love a, a random Nigerian Anglican woman is the big yeah. question. Right. Yeah. I don't need to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, it's I know. Well. I know. And it's I like, well, yeah, I do. I, I do. <laughs> I I'm very just, happy. I'm I'm not going to justify myself to these people. You know, that's. The yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't need to. And that's, that's like, um, you know, the other, you know, one of the other topics that we'll get into today, hopefully if we have time is, you know, some of the controversies lately on, on Twitter. And, you know, some people don't understand how, how online engagement or online rhetoric, you know, works is 
you don't have to, everyone thinks like, oh, you have to address everybody's argument and opinion the same way and be nice to them and, and be very friendly. And it's like, no, if this person is malicious and, and hates your guts and hates everything you love, you don't have to pretend they're like your best friend. You can mm -hmm. just dismiss them. If you're like, no, that's stupid. Bye. Blocked. Uh, you know, like that, that why don't waste your time with people and, and, and cast your pearls among swine. Like, don't do that. That's, that's mm -hmm. not, you don't, you don't see anyone who ever, you know, uh, wins arguments or, or has persuasive rhetoric, you know, sweating the small stuff like that, or, or dealing with any, every single little negative comment that people make. You can ignore people all day. I love ignoring people. It's great. Especially when they reply like four or five times and you don't get a response. Uh, it's great. Um, and, and so that's part of, you know, that's, that's part of it is like, you don't need to be defensive or think that every, everything that someone says deserves a response when people are malicious and, and just downright evil, right? If you see the pronouns in the bio, you don't have to reply to them. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's a good, that's a good standard to operate under. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, one question I have for you is, you know, say things get crazier, you know, just for sake of argument, get crazier in the next year. They put Trump in prison or they convict him. Uh, he he wins from prison. You know, some, just whatever, concoct whatever potential reality uh, you so want, awesome. where it's just, it would be great. Uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> say it's just bananas over the next 12 or, you know, 14 months. Um, what what do you think will happen within the context of these conflicts? So like G3 and, and the anti-Christian nationalist, you know, uh, evangelical leaders and people like that. Um, what what do you think will occur? I mean, will people in the pews begin to say, eh, this is stupid. I'm not listening to these guys. Or will they still be, you know, submissive to these guys and say, well, they, they know the Bible really well. And so I'm going to listen to them. Like wh what point... Like how crazy does it have to be for people to just break away from this and say we're I'm done with it? I think I think it has to get a lot worse personally before there is this severing of the the mass you know the mass evangelical community and their leadership. On the other hand, so to speak, there is a great replacement underway, you know, and I think <laughs> I think the the um the there's a changing of the guards, you know, in terms of the evangelical uh, you know, thought leadership, you know, underway, but I do think it has to yeah. get a lot worse first. Personally, yeah, there I, was, I think there needs to be um, some economic agitation. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's becoming really obvious that for anyone that's paying attention, like most of the jobs in, in urban areas are going to immigrants. They're like, yeah. they are people who are white are at an extreme disadvantage in terms of um, getting jobs that can help them economically provide for their families and children. Yeah. And they're all going to these immigrants. It's very obvious. I think it was like 60 or 70% or even greater, even greater probably for these corporations, 80, 90%. Um, yeah. That's very real. And that's going to have um, downstream ramifications for the relationship between the leadership that told the evangelical masses that nothing bad was happening and they were being conspiracy theorists and watching too much Tucker Carlson. Uh -huh. You know, there's going to be a mass <laughs> severance between those, you know, severance between the leadership that was, you know, mocking them, like when Russell Moore was mocking people for watching Tucker Carlson and um, the people in the pews that are like, wait, I'm looking out my way, like, who am I going to believe? You know, the, the evangelical thought leadership or my own lying eyes, you know, yeah, it's my like own lying eyes, you know. really obvious to people who are actually having the lived experiences and don't have the, you know, luxuries of living in an ivory tower that, that, um, that they were misled. Yeah, I, I think you're you're right. The I mean, you you saw this with 2020 though. Uh, you you saw this with all of the fortification that took place, where people people saw that and they they understood exactly what was going on, and then they go to their church or they they go read their favorite evangelical writers, and and those people treat them like they are insane. Right, those people treat them like they're nuts because oh, you're some crazy QAnon lunatic, right? Who believes in the Kraken and a server in Germany and all sorts of insanity. It's like, no, it was just you know a tiny percentage a change in a couple handful of urban areas that mm -hmm. swung the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So like, what do you what do you that's that's not so crazy, 
right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's so crazy about that? And so like people, people were, I, really, I, really I, like I hate using you. these words. Yeah. Go All ahead. Right. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to yeah, say, the, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, but like, like gaslighting as a thing, you know, I hate that phrase because it's, it's just ubiquitous and it, it is almost meaningless. Uh, but th- that's, that's how they're feeling is like, they see these things occur in real time, right in front of them or, or same thing with immigration, everything else. But then they're told nothing is wrong. If you think that you're a lunatic, you're crazy, and you're probably a bad person and a racist, if you think anything's wrong here. Uh, so just go about your business. And, and they're, they're stuck. They're like, well, what do I, what do I do? And so part of it too, I think is that there actually is an alternative. There is, you know, we talked to Nate Fisher, he calls it the, you know, the new Christian right. Um, which I think is a great name. You know, if you want to talk about, you know, naming things and, and, and propaganda and things like that, rhetoric, um, that's, that's a perfect name because there, there is something that actually is extant when in the past, like 20 years ago, when you and I are, are in college and we know that things are not right with the system, we, there, there's something inside telling us this is something weird. Uh, and at least that was my feeling. And yeah, and I think that was pretty much yours too. You know, then we get into libertarianism and go down that whole road. Um, but there was no other than the, yeah, other than Ron Paul and like libertarianism and things like that, there was no like outlet for anyone and no leadership for anyone to go to, to say, Hey, we should maybe listen to these guys. Like these guys have some good stuff to say. And they, they seem to be, you know, operating within reality and I'm going to listen to what they have to say. Right. That didn't exist 20 years ago. Right. It, it wasn't, it wasn't there. And so now, now it does. Now there are people, now there are people like Steven. Now there, there are people like many others who have something to say. It makes sense. And it's, and it completely contradicts the people that are lying to you or are completely naive. So I, I'm, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm white pilled about, about the future. Even though the future though. looks really grim. You know? Well, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but what happens when there's actual, livelihood and economic consequences for yeah. adhering to these ideas. I mean, that's, that yeah. is coming. I mean, you have to be careful what you say, who you read, yeah. what books you order online, you know, yeah. like you, you have to be really careful. These things are coming into reality. So it's going to be really hard to, um, you know, there's going to be sort of a temporary cap on how widespread these ideas can get just because they're going to be underground um, and over the next decade. I mean, think of how fast things have gone over the last 10 years, I mean, the next 10 years oh, yeah. are going to be three or four times as fast, you know? So, um, but you know, regimes do that when they weaken, when they, when they begin to yeah. crater, they begin to get desperate. So those things happen, but I do think it's going to become, um, a little bit more difficult to, to spread these ideas for a while. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be, um, they're going to be attacking. They're going to be doing more than just like once doxing doesn't work, Right. So I think Steven is pretty secure. Like he's not going to get doxxed from a job and, and fired. Uh, that's why they attacked Thomas Acord instead. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm secure where I am, you know, obviously Torba's secure. Uh, many, many people are very, very secure in employment. I'm secure. But basically, you know, yeah. 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 But like then, then after that, if they can't get rid of you, if they can't get you fired from your job, Right. The next level is, well, they'll concoct some crimes or right. accuse you of, of whatever. Like they'll, they'll, this is what regimes do. I mean, you just look at you, you look at um, the pro-lifers, you know, these these Catholic women who like 70, you know, late 70s women who stood in front of an abortion clinic and are going to prison now for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or you you look at you look at the men who uh, who got executed by the FBI for Facebook posts. Right what's going to, there's not going to be any consequences for that occurring. Like nobody's going to go to jail over doing that. Um, so like that, that kind of stuff I think is when you have a lawless regime, this is, this is what they do. Uh, and, and so there is danger involved, you know, and the irony is like, yeah, you to bring it back full circle. It's like, here's, here's Owen Strand, you know, arguing against literally no one saying here I stand. I could do no other come what may, we will always say that God loves the global church when there's zero threat to him at all. Whereas like me, like, I mean, and you, mm-hmm. I don't, we could go to prison for making this podcast in a year for all we know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm serious. It's not, it, this isn't a paranoid conspiracy theory. Like they could, they could, you know, hope, hopefully my wife's not listening to this. Uh, they, they could put us in prison for just speaking out against the regime. 
right? They would mm-hmm. they would do that. This is this is where things are at today. So, uh, you know, who who is actually being bold and taking a stand and being courageous and saying things that people don't want to hear? Everyone there is cheering for. Yes, Owen. Yes, you're so great and so bold and so wonderful. What a what a courageous, godly man you are. Meanwhile, right? People like actual prophets, right? What do they say? They say the stuff that people will throw stones at them for, right? Mm-hmm. That's what real right. prophets do. And so who is, who is being courageous here, right? Who is being courageous, Owen? You know, you or me. That's what I, that's what mm-hmm. I want to know. Um, I, I'd love to meet him. I, I, anytime you want to come on the show, Owen Strand, you are, you are more than welcome. We'd love to have a discussion that will go nowhere with you. Yeah. Uh, but you, you wanted to yeah. move on to another topic. Oh, go, my mind, go my mind was, my mind was wandering five minutes ago. I don't know what we were, what we were going after, but what's, what's the next topic on the list? <laughs> the next topic is, it seems like an age ago. I mean, we're recording on a Friday and the comments that, that he made were, I think Monday, uh, maybe, mm. maybe Sunday. I can't remember when, when they came out, but earlier in the week, but a week in internet time is like decades. Um, so people have already forgotten by, about this by now, but I think it's still worth addressing and talking about is Trump was interviewed by somebody. It doesn't really matter who, and was asked about the heartbeat bills and six week, uh, abortion bans and, and things like that. And his comments were that, and it, maybe they were taking out of context. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't even seen the whole clip. So I can't tell you one way or the other if they're taken out of context, if he's referring to the entire abortion debate as terrible, or if he thinks those bills specifically are terrible. But he said, I think it's terrible. So the bills were state level criminalization bills or. I think so. Or just bans, bans to, yeah, banning they're, they're banning abortion after like six weeks or 15 weeks or all the different, different bills like that. And, and so say for sake of argument, he did say, I think that's terrible, right? Um, don't agree with that. I think he's wrong. They're not terrible. They're very good. And, and if they are terrible, it's that it, does, it isn't banned at conception, right? That's where they're terrible. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's coming at it from perspective and his criticism of them is coming at it from this pragmatic, real politique uh, strategy of if we're too hardcore on the abortion issue, that's going to cost us votes in the general election and things like that. He's already, and some of this, he said, why does he say these things? Because he's already got the nomination in the bag. And so he's already begun the general election campaign basically. Uh, so he's trying to, you know, moderate and make it look like he's very moderate on this issue, which I'm not commending him for. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying this is what he should do. Um, but it, it, it feels like to many pro-life people, a, a great grave betrayal um, of, of what we believe. And so many, many people are upset. You know, people are like asking me, is Trump still your guy? Is he still, you, you still support Donald Trump? And it's like, hold up just a minute. Let's back up here just a second. Because I, I think um, so much of this, I mean, there's, there's a few things going on here. So much of it is uh, approaching contemporary presidential politics from the frame and standpoint of business as usual, that this is a normal presidential election and we want to get the pro-life, the most pro-life candidate there is. And, and we, and, and he has to kowtow to us in order to get the nomination and in order to, to secure our support. Um, those conditions don't exist anymore. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that in, in that sense that they don't. And why, you know, why do I want Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee in, in 2016? Why do, why do I want him to be? Not because I think he's going to go in and create the policy that I want, right? That's not the, re- that's not the main reason why. Um, he, I don't think he is. I don't think he is even if he wanted to. Uh, the reason why I want him to go in there and win the nomination and even win the election is because the humiliation the regime will undergo if that happens again. They're terror, absolutely terrified of it. And it's, it's an incontrovertible fact that they are right. They do not want this guy to win the nomination. They don't want him to be on the ballot and they absolutely bar none want, want him nowhere near the white house again. And so why is that? Is it because of his stance on abortion, whatever that may be, or even his stance on transgenderism, uh, 
you know, whatever that may be too. We don't really know. He's, he's, he's a New York liberal that's squishy on these things. And he has been his you know, entire life. Uh, why, why, why do they not want him? Right. Is the question, right? Why do yeah. they not want him? Why are they not afraid of Ron DeSantis? Right. Why are they not afraid of Tim Scott? Why are they not afraid of Mike Pence, who apparently is, you know, totally a hundred percent pro-life, right? He, you know, he's, he's the most pro-life candidate on the, on the general or in the Republican primary ballot. Why do they not want him? If this is the big regime issue, it, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's important to them. Absolutely is. I mean, you could see that in the wake of the Dobbs decision, how the, the extreme lengths they've gone to secure the right to kill a baby. Um, mm -hmm. But is it, is it their biggest issue? No, I don't, I don't think it is. I think there are things more, even more fundamental to that, to their power than that, right? They want the power in order to preserve this thing. Absolutely. But that's not the thing that gives them their power, right? This is, a, this is part of, this is a benefit of them having power is they get to have the, the right to kill babies. Uh, it's not the thing that gives them the power. So they're, they're about preserving their power above all else. And yeah, I, want that, I want it destroyed. The regime being delegitimized and Trump could be a, a mechanism for that. Not the mechanism, but he could be no. part of that picture. But that is a you know, prerequisite to actually having a more sustained pro-life uh, ethos in America. You, know, you have to delegitimize yeah. you know, the, the moral subversion of the United States federal regime. You have to delegitimize it. And that's the function that Trump plays. People think it's 19, you know, 84. We're going out for Reagan again. It's like that world has disappeared. The enemy is in, you know, power and we have to undermine them and take them down. Like politics as usual is, is not going to do it. It's going to, it's going to consolidate power. That's what will happen when you have someone who is uh, like, a, like a Ron DeSantis, you know, like, so he's been great for Florida, but Federal politics is much different than, um, you know, state level politics where you can actually play up some of those, you know, um, aspects of dissent, you know, from whatever regime narratives are happening. You can't do that if you have a personality and a go along to get along, um, you know, just like idealism, like like Ron DeSantis says, you have to have someone that's just doesn't care, that wants to be uh, do his own thing. That's not part of the regime and their objectives. And he's, you have to have someone who's a little bit of a chaos candidate. And those are the, those are the candidates I'm interested in. Yeah. Same here. Like that's the point is I am, I am voting for and supporting the regime being delegitimized. I'm mm -hmm. supporting chaos. I'm supporting a, a literal criminal uh, who has been labeled a criminal by the regime. That's, that's what I'm supporting, right? I'm not supporting positive policy implementation. I think that yeah. ship has sailed. That's, I yeah. mean, yeah, okay, he gets in there and he's able to write executive orders and countermand some of Biden's executive orders and things like that. That'd, that'll be good. Uh, of course, judges will just overturn that. Um, and so I, I want chaos. I want the regime to take the knives out again, even more. Like that, that's what I want. I want them to do their very worst to him, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's what I'm after because we, the, the day has gone and passed where, we could just send our guys to Washington, D.C. and then vote on bills and make these things happen. Like right now, they're about to shut down the entire government. But don't worry, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell have agreed Ukraine's still going to get billions of dollars, even as they shut down the rest of the government. Right. That mm -hmm. that's where the like the power lies. That's what's going on. It's not it's not like, oh, they're they're fighting each other. Boy, Mitch McConnell, he's really going to fight for the the issue of of babies being killed. No, he's they're not at all right the whole the whole sick apparatus has to be destroyed right that's what i want i want to see i just want to see it all come down um yeah. and you know call me cynical and it's not even it's not even a question of of okay are you you know in terms of like pro-life politics after dobbs i think that's another question as well um because you know some people want to take this very incremental approach some people want to be, have a staunch you know, no compromise whatsoever approach to dealing with these political issues and questions. Um, and, and I, you know, I think I see merits in both. I think you can't, you can't reach your objective unless you have a, a good chunk of people that are saying, no, no, we are not, we're not going to compromise here at all. It's zero abortions, you know, none, 
Well, and we're going to outlaw contraceptives too, as well, right? That that needs to be the like line in the stand in the sand where where people are going to draw it. And then, okay, once you have that line there, the other people can incrementally move toward that, right? That's mm-hmm. how that's how things have gotten where they are from the side of the left, right? The left has their side on the far left, constantly pushing, constantly agitating, and then they have the more moderate people implementing progressively slowly the goals of the far left right that's what mm-hmm. they do on the right it works the opposite way because you have just even on the on the life issue you have like abolitionists and and you know uh, pro-life people that that have no compromise at all thankfully on the one hand and then you have the incremental pro-life people and they hate each other right there is mm-hmm. no coordination or working together whatsoever both groups hate each other they hate each other's guts and 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 it's like you're you're not going to accomplish anything that way at all, uh, because the the right is is that way, and it's it's along the lines of the entire right anyway. The people on the far right, you know, the more the more radical rightists uh, on any issue, are constantly being undermined by the con, by Con Inc. and people closer to the to the center, closer to the the halls of power, mm-hmm. and, and and so that presents a, a major problem as well. And 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 all of that still was is within the frame of the current order operating as it should right the current order working and it it doesn't at all right right now the united states federal government is facilitating an invasion of the united states as we sit Mm -hmm. here this very day and like it doesn't get more insane than that right they they're planning to to lock people down into their homes again uh and 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 why wouldn't they they could go ahead and do it who's going to stop them maybe in florida Mm -hmm. they won't and that's it you know, uh, and so that is um, that's where things stand, where people, I think, don't want to you know, look at the time of day and understand where things are at that. Paul, and, and it's like and, and if and I should say, like the people who are like, no, Trump has said this stuff. I'm not going to support him. I'm not going to vote for him. Uh, he he attacked, you know, the pro-life position and. Great. If if you don't want to vote for him or support him because of that, more power to you. I'm not going to stand anybody's way for for drawing a line there. A good reason. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to say no. You're wrong. You need to support him no matter what. Like he's God's candidate. No, that's stupid. Like that. No, you need to you need to uphold where your convictions are at the end of the day. Always. Uh, right. My point. My point is that I want this guy to just be the wrecking ball getting swung at the regime. That's, that's yeah, what I you also have to. It. You also have to realize too the irony of politics in our time because it was literally the person who, on paper, who if they if they asked him to articulate his abortion philosophy, <laughs> yeah, I know, right, would ba- basically come up with an answer like this, like just completely yeah, like, like he, a like ridiculous, no brainer, like answer without any thought to it. The irony of politics in our time is the people who are the most articulate about these moral issues are the ones that have done far less than Donald Trump has done to yeah. combat the Roe regime in America. Yeah. I mean, Mike Pence is a good example, right? Here is this guy who totally understands the pro-life position, every detail of it. And what has he done his entire career right. in Congress as a governor of a state and, you know, as uh, the vice president, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And Donald, Donald Trump is, who is, with the exception of Obama, probably the most socially liberal president in United States history is the guy that defeated Roe v. Wade. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, the irony I, I, of politics. Yeah. I know. I know. It's, 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 it's unbelievable, but that's, that's how it works is because like this guy didn't have any fixed positions right. on these issues. He saw, here's this voting he, block that I need. He wasn't a and I'm going to reward them. Right. Yeah. He didn't make deals. He just kind of did what he felt was right at random times. And <laughs> he kind of, you know, he kind of uh, tripped into it, into the situation. Uh, he got some good advice yeah. from Mitch McConnell and stuff for sure. But oh, and judges, know, absolutely, the, yeah. At the end of the day, like it was the guy that had these, um, like just these anti-regime instincts that really helped him out and meant way more to the pro-life movement than all the fundraising, all the policy prescriptions, all the theorists, all the ivory tower people. For 30 plus years, they've done nothing except for grift on it. 
60 years. It's not even 30. Like, oh, really? Years, they did not, yeah, the pro-life movie was oh, yeah, a long years. time. I, I still, I'm still in like two, year 2000 mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it is, yeah, it's 50 or 60 years that, yeah. that they did this and it was, it, they did nothing. They've comp, they accomplished less than nothing. They couldn't. And some of it is like in, during the Bush years, when George W. Bush was president, you could have ended Roe versus Wade then, right? You could have mm-hmm. ended it. You actually could have ended it, um, ended it with, and this was one of Ron Paul's points with a majority vote in both houses of Congress. That's mm-hmm. all it would take is just remove their jurisdiction from this issue and bring it back to the States. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. They never mm-hmm. did it. They didn't even try to do it. And, and I think he exactly. put bills forth to do it and they wouldn't even get out of committee. Right? They, they had zero desire to do it because what it, what was, what was Roe versus Wade to them? It was a golden goose that every two years and every four years would lay a nice golden egg of like 20% of the Republican electorate. And every, yeah. if you just said, I'm pro-life, then every sweet church going grandma would check the box for the Republican candidate, right? That's what it was for them. It, it always was that. And yeah. then, and you saw this in the 2022 election where, I mean, it happened in my state. So you had, you know, this really lame candidate. I mean, so Tim Walls, very unpopular because of, you know, the summer of George happening in our state. He doesn't send out the National Guard to put down the riots. And because of his his lockdowns and all the mandates and everything else, very unpopular governor. And they put forth the Republican candidate who was extremely weak and wouldn't attack him ever for some reason. And then Dobbs happens. And before Dobbs happens, he's saying he's running for the nomination, saying, oh, I'm pro-life. I'm 100 percent pro-life, 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 pro-life. Then Dobbs happens and Walls starts attacking him say he is going to ban abortion if he becomes governor he is going to he's going to cause women to to be raped and have to carry their babies and like all these scary ads and everything and what does he do he begins flip-flopping and backtracking on on all of this stuff and had no had no defense and all it would have taken him to do is say if tim walls becomes governor he's going to pass a bill where babies when they're about to be born, can be executed by the doctor, which is mm-hmm. literally the first bill that the Minnesota legislature passed this year, was mm-hmm. no restrictions on abortion whatsoever right up until birth. And all you have to do is say, that, that seems pretty extreme, doesn't it? That you know, a fully formed baby, they could just lop their heads off right there as the mom's about to give birth. Like You could say that and say, this guy is a sick maniac. This is what he believes mm-hmm. in. And they, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't mm-hmm. do it at all because they weren't conditioned to fight, actually, because it's it had always been fake, right? The whole pro-life thing, all their pro-life positions and everything else was always fake. They never believed right. it. None of these Republicans believed any of it. Right. And so what is what is Trump here? What is he doing? Um, he is he's articulating what Repub- like out loud what Republicans just believe behind closed doors, which is not I'm not, I'm not defending him. I'm not defending his his standpoint or his viewpoint or anything like that. This is what they've always believed. It's the outlier is the Republicans that have actually fought for it. So like to give credit to this, people don't think I want to give credit to DeSantis credit to him that he passed this bill and moved the ball down the field. Right. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would prefer that they would have done more uh, with the massive mandate that he got in the state of Florida and the, the majorities in both houses there, but better than a typical Republican. But anyway, it, it is, it, it's interesting at how, um, how much more complex the politics around the issue has become because they don't have their just simple, easy, we need to end Roe versus Wade. I'm pro-life. Right. And then like, now that that's gone, now it becomes much murkier and more difficult and much more difficult for them to win an election by being pro-life. Right. So Mm -hmm. you're finding out, okay, who actually really is and who isn't. Um, And so that's, that's, you know, what I think about it is, is not, you know, it, at the end of the day, I'm not cheering for Trump to win because I think he's great and could do no wrong. And I agree with him. And I, I disagree with him on this massively, but I don't think that he is in a position where he's able to influence law um, in, in a way that a nor- under a normal system you would anyway. I want him to go in there and destroy things. I want, like, he, I think he, he had his thing. It was like, I'm running for vengeance. And it's like, 
Great. That's what I, I want. That's what I'm I after. Think, Please. I think people need to separate like words and the dynamics of power. Right? Like like just because someone says something on one hand doesn't mean that his function within power is actually going to cater more to our interests and our long-term objectives. Um, that's part of what Americans have been especially bad at. Westerners in general have been especially bad at is they too often believe politicians and take them at their words and they don't look at behind the scenes of what are the political dynamics that are actually going to happen with having this person in this office. You know, they, they have an inability to digest those things. They take them at their word and that has led us down a really bad path, but we can't go back to practicing that right here. You know, the purpose of Trump is not because he, he says the things that are near and near our hearts. In fact, we've been betrayed by believing those things over the last hundred years. Yeah. We, need to, yeah. we need to look more seriously at what are the political dynamics. The regime that hates our guts and hates our way of life, and they're trying to morally subvert the entire world, they hate Trump. And so I don't think, I think we should operate on a, on a different, in a different light, you know, based on those political dynamics than just... You know, it's some words in an interview, which Trump kind of just, he, he he shoots from the hip. I don't think he actually yeah. even remembers his answer um, at all. Yeah. So I don't really take it that seriously. And I disagree with on, him on that if he meant it. I don't really care either way because yeah. I don't approach things from that framework. Yeah. And, and that's just the thing. It's like, I, yeah, like, like I said before, Mike Pence is going to tell you everything you want to hear on that issue. And mm -hmm. He is going, he is on the side of the people who want to destroy our country and our way of life. Mm -hmm. So you can be told the things you want to hear from, from someone, but what are you going to get? You're going to get both the destruction of your country and nothing happening on abortion. Mm -hmm. Or you can have this agent of chaos who will destabilize and delegitimize the regime that hates you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where I look at it. I mean, that's, that's how I, my, you know, my heuristic of understanding uh, politics today is. And I, I think it's really difficult for a lot of people to, to do this because they see, they see his weakness, admittedly, very weak mm -hmm. on, on this issue and on, on, you know, transgenderism, on homosexuality, all these things, all these things that the regime is pushing around the world and in our, in our culture and everywhere else. And it's, it's, it's very important to them for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, they see his weakness on those things and think, well, he must be on the side of the regime, mm -hmm. right? He must be on the side of the regime. And it's like, well, no, he's not, right? They hate him and want to destroy him despite their agreement with him on these things. Like, how could it be more obvious? You know, that's that's how I look at it. It's not, you know, I, I think you have to look at the, the presidential election of these things, not in, a, in an idealistic way in a way that you think that you're going to vote for a politician who's going to produce you know, results on certain issues. It's, it's about humiliating these people. That is, and, and, and people, it, like I said, there was a poll that came out like a week or two ago that 30% of Americans have no trust in the government whatsoever. So like, if you want a metric of, you know, any, any type of objective metric of, is the regime delegitimized or not, right? That 30 needs to become like 60 or 70, mm -hmm. right? And so what is going to move that number up more? Is it going to be Ron DeSantis moving around the deck chairs on the Titanic? Or which, I mean, I don't even, the conversation is dead. Like he's done. Like there's, mm -hmm. it's over, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not even thinking about it in those terms. Or is it, or anybody else, right? Anybody else fixing things and is going to go to Washington and make things right? Right. Well, that's not going to happen. It's all, it's, if anything, I'll move the number down. No, the number needs to be 60 or 70% and putting, putting the Republican nominee in prison would be a good way to move it up 40, 50, 60%. And that's what I want. Like, like people, I think don't get this, that um, there is not going to be a change in America. That's that is as radical and as fundamental as we need by voting. That's not going to accomplish. We're not going to vote someone into power who is going to fix things and make things right. It's going to be by the United States federal government becoming like the you know, the USSR, where one day the USSR existed. It has nuclear weapons. It looks so powerful and it's threatening the whole world. And then the next day, it's gone. Right? How did that happen? How did that happen? It's because the people said, I don't really care what your laws are. 
I, you're not a legitimate government. Like all of them just finally said enough and, and stop believing in it. And like, I, it's, this is what happens where you don't have to have violent revolutions or things like this. You could, you just simply have the popular mandate to govern a place lifted and removed. And that's what happened there. And, mm -hmm. and I think like the best case scenario for here is that happens here, right? Mm -hmm. That the popular mandate of the United States federal government just goes away. Mm -hmm. And we're on course for that. I think, um, is, uh, do you, do you want to move on to the next topic? Do you have time for one more topic? We got a couple more minutes. Yeah. Okay. Before you have to get back to printing, uh, uh, blueprints and your giant printer behind you. Um, so, uh, there was quite a bit of controversy, you know, in the last couple of days, uh, our friend, Eric Kahn, who we've had on the show, we need to have him on again. You're going on his show soon. Um, and, um, he had a tweet, uh, where, well, let me, let me just pull it up. He had a tweet, um, where he was be critical of, of, um, you know, women going to college and it, uh, let me see, where did it, where is it at? Yeah, here we go. Uh, many, many Christian quote fathers, uh, will pay big money to send their girls to college where they become a well-used mattress with a drinking problem. The same fathers will spend little to no effort helping their daughters find a godly husband. This is absurd. And apparently that quote, uh, upset some people that didn't like Eric's use of language, uh, in, in that quote. Um, and, and so I, I had to say something and it, and I, I just pointed out that it's, it is, it's really funny that more people are upset with Eric describing, you know, bad, horrible feminine behavior than the actual behavior itself in question. So like all the, it, it, all human societies really throughout all time that are functional, that work, uh, female promiscuity, it was uh, very highly shamed. It was very highly stigmatized. Uh, there was a lot of shame associated with it. People were criticized, ridiculed, all, all of that kind of stuff if they were, if they, if a, a young woman was promiscuous. But now, Right. Where does the ridicule and the shame and the stigmatization lie? Now it lies in anyone who says that's bad. <laughs> it's like completely inverted, completely inverted. I, I think it's, it's kind of funny. Um, and so people didn't like me saying that either uh, because it, 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 and it's, it, it's the worst is you have all sorts of Christians that go on and say, well, that's not a very nice thing to say about women. You're really demeaning women that way by saying that. And like yeah. you look at the Bible. Like, how does the Bible talk, right? How does the Bible, the Bible, the Bible talks about whores and whoring and whoredom and harlotry. Um, and yeah, it's these, doing that. These, these were words that really stung. I mean, back yes. then, I mean, they, they were shameful. They were meant to communicate like a dirtiness, filth. It was a disgusting thing to be tagged with these labels. Yes. Uh, now they've yes. been embraced. Femini all feminism has done is just embrace those words. So we need new ways to shock people because that's a healthy response to the activity itself. Yes, or it should be. And, and, and so, yeah, you have, you have all the, like these Christians, right? These like white knights and some, you know, feminized women who like clutch their pearls. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you talked that way about women. And like I look at it, it's like, well, why, why, why would I use that kind of language? Why would I talk about that? Well, I have daughters, right? I have daughters. I don't want my daughters to become like that. So I'm going to use this kind of language to shock people, particularly my own children, to say, this is really bad and you don't want to be this. Don't become that. Don't be a whore. And and that's because it's bad. It's bad for you. It's bad. Um, it's it's bad for for your children. It's bad for society. It's bad, it's bad all the way around. Like you, it, it's it is, it's absurd that you even have to explain why it's bad, mm -hmm. right? That that we are even at that point. And but yeah, you have like you said, um, there are there are people that are like, well, the, when the Bible is using that language, it's talking about Israel as a people. It's it, you know God or Jesus. He's not talking about individual women 
And so it's still demeaning to call women that. And it's like, the reason why that language is used is because the entire society understood that these things were bad and shameful and horrible. And you wouldn't want to be called that because you wouldn't, because these things are bad. Uh, and so having it applied to your entire society is even worse. It's even worse than that. And, but like it escapes people's grasp of, of, <laughs> of, of <laughs> entirely. I, I just, I'm at a loss. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a man out of time. Maybe I, I don't exist for this time, you know, but I, I just, I look at it and I think if, if you're able to like transport your great, great grandfather to today and just right. show him around and show him the way people think and act, like how well, would he is, react? This is, you know, like this how is, would he react to that? It's part of the problem. It's like the social engineering has been so successful that part of the justification for having the ideas that we do now is that they have, they are improvements. We've, we've, we've come closer to the light. We've been stepping up the ladder of human development by having these new um, opinions on things and how we uh, communicate with our, the harshness of our language. And so the fact that you appeal to even your grandfather, which I do too, is to them seen as you going backwards and you're never allowed to look backwards. You oh, only no. have to see yourself as being the next level of human society. You no, know, we're better than them. The very fact that you're appealing to your grandfather shows that you have failed the most basic lesson of modernity, which is the most recent moment in time is the most advanced mm -hmm. state of development. Yeah, yeah, you're regressive. You're a regressive no. Neanderthal. Why would and you that, even go back to that? That is yeah. a heresy. I mean, the very fact of approaching things in that way with historical reference is the heresy. Yeah, yeah, it's not allowed. Yeah. You cannot do it. Um, and it, it, it is, I don't know, it's, it's depressing because people should know better by now. Like they should, they should get that. No, things are bad and you need to, you need to be honest about the way things are. And you're not holier than God. Like God uses this language. You can too. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're describing the same sins that God's describing, you can use God's words to describe it. And if you are, and if you're afraid of using the same words that God does to describe certain things, the problem is with you, not with God or His Word, right? That's that's a that's a you problem. It's, it's because you fear men, or mm -hmm. in I this think case, women. I think there does need to be a correlative between the words that we use and the the acts themselves. It's a disgusting lifestyle, you know. It's filthy yeah. lifestyle, and you should be turned off by these descriptions. Yeah. You should change your yeah. life and not be a well-used mattress or whatever it was. You know, yeah. if that yeah. offends you, think about. I thought that was kind of tame too. Like I thought, like he could have used a lot of other things to describe. Uh, oh, yeah, that behavior. It was a, it was a moderate take. <laughs> that's a PG take at 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 worst. You know, it was. It's just. It's so funny that uh, that that these people, man, like they they are are so completely beholden to trash yeah. world. I think, they, I think they can't well, do like, these people are so like um, desensitized to filth. So I don't think it was the phrase itself. I think they were just kind of using that because they didn't like the message. And the oh, message yeah. was yeah. that we have obligations and duties to each other as family units. You know, that there is a function that the mm -hmm. father has. And right now he's betraying that function and we need to rediscover that function. That's what they yeah. hate. Yeah. They're, they're upset. And they're upset that like he wasn't, addressing women here you know he uh -huh. wasn't addressing young women he's talking about fathers he's saying that they're the ones neglecting their duties they have a mm -hmm. duty to their daughters and and to keep them from going down that road and and i think implicit in it too is like he's saying don't send them to college where it's like <laughs> well yeah it, yeah i mean i i think about this question too like do i want my daughter to go to college because like i'm not gonna be able don't, to afford yeah. to to pay for her to go to college. Like she, I'm not going to, I don't want her to sign up for student loans and then I got go out to have a career and not get married until she's 35. Like, why would, mm -hmm. why would I sign my kid up for that? That's, that's right. insane. Um, and, and at best she comes out of it unscathed. Whereas you send her to this place away from her family, away from any, any, any social buffers that exist to protect her. And now she's completely on her own and mm -hmm. can be fall easy prey to bad people. Like, mm -hmm. why would I, why would I, send my 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 little girl to that world that's that's yeah. nuts um and so that's what eric's addressing and they, they don't like that they hate that because they want you know women are liberated and they what well, you're going to keep her from having a good life if she doesn't go to college uh and 
it's like so so buried in there are, are so many implicit assumptions of Eric's that really set them off, and they they don't have any like argument to make, mm. and so they will attack, you know, the phrase. Oh, your tone! I didn't like your tone. Exactly. That's really bad. Yeah, yeah, it's such a bad phrase. You really demean women with that. Like, come on, get out of here, get out of here. Come on. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was interesting, and I, I had to say something. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, it's been in my craw the whole time. Uh, we didn't have time today, unfortunately, to get to uh, your spat with uh, Jenna Ellis. Everyone will forget by next week. Uh, so maybe, maybe we'll we'll save it for next week, or maybe something big will come up that we won't. Uh, be able to talk to you talk about because usually that's what happens. We finish recording, we hit end record and then like giant news breaks. Trump has been indicted for the 17,000th time or something. And, uh, <laughs> and, this, and, this one, and this one is big. Yeah. This, this, is this he's, he's done <laughs> for now. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, you know, I, I'm sure more, more news will happen. We'll have, we'll have some interesting uh, stuff okay. to talk about again next maybe, week. Maybe, maybe I'll have another spat with her. You know, maybe I'll have a fresh one that we can talk about. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, and yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you too, Jenna. You're more than welcome to join our our humble podcast uh, to discuss your theories on extra. It's actually funny. Like I would, I would welcome her having a conversation with us. Um, she has been majorly targeted by the regime. What a great oh, time yeah. to attack it! What a great time to seek its uh, delegitimacy. Oh, exactly. Like she's actually accomplishing what you're saying should be done, even though she doesn't believe in it. It's, it's ironic. Um, and yeah, I mean, at, at the same time, that's like, I, um, I, I feel for this, this woman, like she is under the gun. Like she is being, being threatened with prison time for serving as a lawyer to a presidential candidate. Like this mm -hmm. is you know, contesting an election. Like this is, it's insane, insane stuff. Totally lawless, totally illegitimate. And so if anybody should get it, it should be her, but she doesn't. And so that's where things stand, but we'll, we're, we're stealing from next week's episode already. So we'll, we'll, we'll save it there. Do you have any, any uh, new stuff that uh, you want to promote? Nothing new. Just nothing new. Okay. No, <laughs> nothing at contramordor.substack.com. Lots of drafts. How's that? <laughs> Lots of drafts. Right. Well, maybe one of them will be published before the next maybe. episode. Yeah. Um, we'll I have a, a few new pieces out at news.gab.com. You wanted to check those out. And um, and if you haven't already, please go purchase your own very own copy of the Boniface option uh, available at uh, uh, Bezos Mart uh, near you. Go to BonifaceOption.com, uh, right? And yes, go to BonifaceOption.com. It'll take you right there because, yeah, you know, it's a nice little URL. Uh, so anyway, uh, that, that really is all the time we have for today. Uh, it's been great uh, catching up on the on the news here with you, CJ. I hope uh, you have a great week. I'll try to have a great week. And, and I hope everyone out there listening also has a wonderful week. And we will see you next time.